0: you're listening to the living adventures podcast a lifestyle podcast hosted by ashley milkey and victoria vance tune in for a new episode every thursday to hear our honest conversations about topics like freedom creativity spirituality luxury living health and wellness and above all else building community we
1: have real and unfiltered conversations inspired by our search to feel connected to people who give a shit about us support our dreams and understand our struggles our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to navigate any moment in your life with the lens of your neurodivergent mind, with the community who gets you. Adventure on. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Living Adventures podcast. I'm your co-host, Ashley Milky here with Victoria Vance. And we are super excited to talk to you guys today all about ADHD medications and burnout and the burnout that happens on meds and all things like that. But before we get started, let's kick off with like how how have you been, Victoria? You're sick. Tell the people what's going on in your life.
0: I am sick for the third fucking time since Mexico. And I literally messaged Ashley yesterday because I was just so pissed I was sick again um because i was like you know i think like mexico fucked me over a bit with me not being here when like all of the illnesses are kind of like developing and so then i didn't have that like i don't know if it's like a tolerance i this is not medical terms anybody but it's like since i wasn't there as it was all developing now like i keep getting hit by it and i'm getting hit strong um Mm. and also i mean The reason I got sick is my mom was sick this weekend and I just immediately picked it up. But I'm like, I'm fucking resting. I'm doing all of the stuff to like, you know, have a good immune system and I just keep getting it. And I'm so sick and tired of being sick and it's overstimulating. And Mm. it's annoying because I have so many things I keep wanting to do. And then maybe I'm like, this is a fucking test. And it's a lesson of like, you can't work the way you wanted to. You're not a workhouse, but I want to be a workhouse. I'm so excited with the things that we're working on, but it's like, ha ha rest.
1: I know it's so funny because you know I can see what you're going through as a projector in human design I see these things and I just see myself like whenever I kept getting sick and sick and sick and wanting to push through my mistake is I didn't rest that was like two years ago Um, and I just kept pushing and it really is a test of like can you slow down and trust that like everything you want can still come to you if you will continue to rest and it's weird because we like are so gung-ho about rest and we love rest and the seven types of rest but it's like really frustrating when you're forced to rest and it's like not your choice to rest um so I feel you on that
0: and it's like I am so excited on all the things that we're working on and like you know I have a list of things to do this week and I'm excited to do those things but then the thought of them like if you told me last week I had to do those things I would have been like I'm so excited let's go everything and then this week like Ashley gave me my list of things to do and I was just like I want to die inside. And it's not that I don't like the things and the, like, she's giving me too much or anything. It's just, like, being sick while doing that stuff sounds fucking miserable. Yeah, it's and hard. And I'm not and then... be able to think as clearly and get my ideas, and it just doesn't flow as well. And so... But what's, but it is really a test, in a way, because it's, like, with my design type, I'm supposed to, you know, like work three to four hours and then just chill. And my brain is still struggling with, like, okay, what does that chill look like? What do I keep doing during that time if I'm only working like short stints? Um, And like also knowing that that three to four hours doesn't have to happen every day because in those three to four hours, I can get like three months of work done, which sounds ridiculous to a lot of people, but I know most of the people here obviously have ADHD and like they can understand that. And so knowing that like, okay, maybe then you take two days off after that, but that sounds crazy to me still. And so I'm still working on that. I know it's yes. like that
1: sounds illegal. Are we allowed to do that? Like mm. and like even with the getting a lot of stuff done yesterday, like yesterday I worked for like maybe 2 or 3 hours in the morning and most of that was working on getting our sh- store set up. And, like, I got so much of that done in that time, and that felt insane. And even today, I was, like, looking at my calendar, and we're recording a couple times for the podcast today. I have a group coaching call later tonight, and, like, I'm like, okay, well, that's three hours of things, so I have to be, like, really careful with myself not to fill those extra hours I have throughout the day especially because my calendar is like I have this at 10 we have something at 1 and then my next thing is until 6 and I don't usually love to make my calendar like that I'm much more responsible when I put like 10 to 12 or whatever like it's all in the same time period. So then even this morning, I was thinking like, okay, how are we going to honor our energy today? What are we going to do between 11 and 1? What are we going to do between these hours that are going to fulfill you and be exciting? And something that helps me, I, I know like you were like, what do I do with this time? And it's weird to try to figure out like, how do you fill time, especially when it's like in the daytime for some reason, when you're like resting. I don't know why that feels so weird, but it feels off. Maybe it's like a societal thing. Yeah. I Something that I thought of this morning, because I was like kind of going through something similar when I was journaling, I was like, okay, what does my office authentic code say that I should do? Like if I come back to my core values, what would I be working on? Because sometimes for me, journaling feels like it's work because it leads into work stuff. But honestly, like personal development is one of my authentic codes. And even if I had a million bajillion dollars, and I never had to work again, I would still do that. So I started to think of like, what would those things be? And that kind of helped me
0: that's a good way of putting it because it's like I'm like okay well then like should I go do errands? should I go do this and I'm like no because that's still like productivity and doing all of this stuff and so it's like finding things to still do but then it's like even on the front of personal development like that's still kind of work you know what I mm-hmm. mean and like that's still like being productive it's still doing things and it's like okay what are some unproductive things that I can do and like allowing myself to have more time and just being more confident with that and i'm like maybe i should go for a hike sometimes during the week in the middle of the yeah. fucking day maybe i really should start doing that because um, on friday last week i was like one o'clock you know i was like i'm done i've gotten everything and more that i need to do this week let's just go hiking yeah. though and we just hiked four miles together Fun. and i was like why can't i do that on like a tuesday
1: yeah. Right. And I think like, it's like, it's so weird because, you know, I look at you and me and we're so far along in our business journey and we've both like gone through so much stuff when it comes to burnout and learning how to rest And it. And like for everyone listening, like we're still learning, like we're still learning and we're still deconstructing old patterns And I'm the same way because, like, you know, one of my authentic codes is freedom. So what does that look like for me on a weekday? might be, like, what you just said. Like, freedom is having some kind of adventure whenever I want. Or even I was, like, this morning, I was, like, well, luxury is kind of one of mine. Like, I want to feel comfy and cozy and be taken care of. And sometimes, like, things that do that for me is, like, having a really delicious meal. Like, cooking something so yummy, so fancy. So, you know, maybe, like, that's me doing that at at 12 p.m. during lunch because that sounds Mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous to me but it's part of my authentic code and it fills up time in a way that brings me a lot of joy not just because i'm a tourist too because tourists love like food comfort all those things but maybe (laughs) but maybe
0: (laughs) and like i think like that's the way i need to start thinking about it and it's like exactly what ashley said is like there's so many layers to this and it's like i don't know if i'll ever stop peeling back layers but it's like i feel like i'm just constantly peeling back artichokes 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 for days um yeah and...
1: Well, it's like that. Well, it's like that cool TikTok you sent me last night of this guy. Maybe we can link it down below. It's very recent in our text because it was last night but he was talking about like how to get tension out of your shoulders and he was saying that you like you start really slow by moving your arms and you don't like get really big until you get like really comfortable with the small but then once you reach it your body starts to get in fight or flight because you're just putting tension on your shoulders and your body and then you slowly bring it back down and what that does is it teaches you that you can reach the point of like fight or flight anxiety tension and slowly pull it back in a setting that has nothing to do with anything that could actually like harm you or your body or your mental health or anything like that and it's almost like that same process has to happen with burnout is like you have to learn how to like slowly get into the swing of working and guess what while you're in the swing of working you might swing too hard you might swing all the way to the point where you overworked yourself but you have to learn how to come back down the ladder as he called it or as you called it in our text and I was like oh my gosh what a good metaphor for like how we have to approach a lot of things in our life you know we we're not going to be perfect we can't do things 100% right uh, any of the time and as we get closer to that burnout but we learn how to come back down we're going to keep learning how to unpeel those artichoke layers as you as you put it
0: because and like I, I totally forgot about that video already but it's like I love his videos um he's like a chiropractor for a lot of people might know him like chiropractor for neurodivergent and queer people with trauma and so it's like since trauma stored in the body, um, he like talks about that stuff, but like also that you shouldn't like wor- worry about the trauma being stored in the body till like later in your trauma recovery, which I a hundred percent agree with, but talking about like the latter and like building that up to like, okay, you went far, now bring it back to safe. And like all of his videos, it's like um, safe, go far, safe, safe, go far, safe, safe, go far, safe. And because we've talked about this in burnout recovery is you have to retrain your brain and everything to be like, okay, I work, but then I come down and end the burnout cycle.
1: Or mm-hmm. or no,
0: the stress cycle. That's stress what it is. cycle. And so it's it's that same concept, but like in a different way of looking at it. And I really liked the way he was talking about that. I was like, that's a great way of like reminding you, like, okay, go do the thing, but then you have to remind your brain every single time, especially when you're first starting like burnout recovery, of like, okay, end the stress cycle. Okay end the cycle okay end the cycle and this is even more important with like working from home and everything or if you don't work like a traditional job because you need time to wind down and it's like i mean adrian a few weeks ago remember he was like oh you girls are so lucky because you don't have to like have time to wind down and we're like what the fuck are you talking about like, aye, you have ADHD. Aye, aye. and he's just like oh you guys need it too okay this is cool but he's like you know he needs time to wind down after work and it's like we all do but a lot of us don't give ourselves the time.
1: Yeah. And I think even like with work from home there we have this really cool privilege and like it was something I tried to do when I did work a 9 to 5 is you know if we're thinking of like the safe go far safe go far method within work like you don't have to wait till the end of the day to do that. Like something that helps me a lot is pushing myself really far in working and then maybe it's 12 o'clock and I realize like, whoa, like my load was a lot, like I need to I need to wind down. Maybe that's with a walk, maybe that's with a really good lunch, not being on my phone, whatever that looks like. Like there's no reason why you have to pile, pile, pile all your stress and then come down at the end of the day because it makes like that coming back down to safe a lot harder. Um, and, and even if you have a nine to five, like I would do this in my nine to five, I would be like, hey guys, I'm going to go for a 10-minute walk around 11, 30, 12. And I would just go. I would just go. I would do my little walk. I worked at a university. I would walk around the campus. I would come back. And even though it was just 10 minutes, it was enough time for me to be like, ah, like away from people, away from like work, just in my mind, vibing.
0: And it's like, I, just, I always say this to people, like, don't think that you need to like go for like a 10-mile walk or anything to get the results. It's like, go walk around the building or the office that you work at one or two times. And you will feel a little bit better and allow yourself to de-stress. And it's a lot about, like, changing your environment or not, like, being in an environment that you're taking more on. And so it's, like, outside, if you're walking, you know, you're doing the rapid eye movement. So your eyes are going back and forth. So it allows you to naturally relax. Um, Where, like, if you just sit at your desk. And I was actually thinking about this yesterday because you know how, like, hustle culture is, like, you're wasting time sitting on your phone or not doing anything after work or on your, on your lunch break. You should, you can be like consuming more knowledge and doing, and it's like, y'all, y'all, y'all. Okay. Every coping mechanism, one that's sound on TikTok, like, oops, I got your coping mechanism. Like, yeah. whatever. I fucking hate that thing. Um, your coping mechanism is what it is. And it's not unhealthy until it's literally impacting your life in a negative way. Okay. Mm-hmm you can change them at any times so and they can become unhealthy, but until it's negatively impacting you, it's a coping mechanism. Let it be as what it is. Mm, and- right, like,
1: no one's going to be mad at Adrian for, well, besides his mother, for unwinding by playing video games. You could really say that was an unhealthy coping mechanism, but he plays for an hour a day. It doesn't impact any part of his life, and then he's, like, ready to interact with people after work, you know?
0: Yeah. And so it's, like, though a hustle culture mentality of, like, you need to always be learning and doing everything and everything is like, that's like, okay. One, that says more about them. Two, you need to be doing that. Three, that's just stupid. Four, you need time to relax and just exist to be human. Like allow your mind to wander and everything. You do not need to be productive 24 seven. And if you need to be productive 24 seven, and that is impacting you negatively and continually burning you out, then now that is an unhealthy coping mechanism and we need to look into that. Yeah, But until then,
1: that's okay. Yeah. I was even struggling with that last night. Like, last night I was laying in bed, and I was like, okay, well, I have an hour before I kind of want to go to sleep. And I was like, well, I could journal, and I could get some of these thoughts out of my head. But then I was like dude why like just watch TV all you want to do is watch dynasty just go on Netflix watch dynasty and sometimes I literally have to be like what does your inner child want right now Ashley and I'm like she doesn't want to freaking journal she already journaled today she wants to be a potato in her bed watch an episode and go to sleep and you know there's nothing wrong with not being productive at all hours all the day and sometimes I have to remind myself like journaling is a productive activity for me because it just so many ideas so many revelations so many breakthroughs happen in that space and that might not be true for everyone some people could probably journal and that's like a wind down thing for them if they don't do it as much as I do it also depends um,
0: on the type of journaling you're doing and everything because I have clients who just do a brain dump to like empty their thoughts and then they're good totally and you know it just yeah. depends on like if you're doing self-discovery journaling that's obviously a lot more like mind not triggering but like but intensive or whatever yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think like it just is like about defining what those kinds of activities mean to you and bring to you, but you don't have to be productive 24-7 is really
0: the lesson at the top of this episode today. Which is going right into our topic that we want to talk about today with ADHD because, meds. Because, yes, because fun fact,
1: you know what's so funny? My psychiatrist was like, Ashley, you get to pick who you tell that you're on ADHD meds. And I'm like, what if I just told everybody? <laughs> i like, let's tell the entire fucking internet that I am testing out ADHD medication. Um, but that's, but yeah, and I was texting Victoria yesterday about it because I was like, let's document my experience and I took them in the morning and we haven't seen the sun for like seven days until today in Boston and I was like oh my gosh I could cry but yesterday when I took my ADHD meds like they hit they like set in whenever I was like doing my makeup and I was like oh my gosh, I'm like, I haven't felt this happy in a really long time. Like, I'm really excited to go work and I haven't been excited to work in a long time. And like, same thing with Victoria with like how you're sick right now. Like, I love the things we're working on, but it's just like, if you have ADHD, you probably get this. Like, there's just times where you want to work so bad, but it's like, "Mm, it's not there in my, in my brain to go do that right now. And I was like, wow, dopamine is so cool. And I even texted Victoria that I was like, dopamine is so cool. She goes, what are you talking about? you take your meds and like yeah man this is sick um but
0: yeah because <laughs> like and I didn't know if she had like gotten them yet and so I was like did she get them or not like what is she talking about <laughs> dude it's crazy yeah it's wild
1: um but and it's so weird because I'm like on a very very low dose to start yeah. um but even just that low dose I was like wow this is cool it feels a little different I'm not sad and I've been sad every morning that's so cool um and but I did notice at the end of, like I did notice how you can overwork yourself because of like it almost feels like I mean it was day one but it almost feels like wow I've never had this so now I need to capitalize this and do all the things I thought I couldn't do before because I have so much focus that I didn't have and so much more motivation that I didn't have so let me try to get a million things done like and if I hadn't have, if I didn't, if I hadn't done all the work I've done around burnout and rest, I would burn myself out on meds. Victoria, I remember you were like, picture this, Ashley, someone gave you ADHD meds three years ago. How does that go for you? And I'm like,
0: I destroy myself. That's what happens. Self-destruction. Yeah. And it's like, we don't think about it. And it's like, as I, I don't, I don't know why I hate the way this sounds, but it's like, your mindset going into meds can completely change your experience because it's like i know you're going in and like you you're understanding the stuff about burnout and the things that it can cause and like even on day one you're like oh yeah i'm noticing like how easy that could happen and everything and you've worked on a lot of like the mindset things um but it still could happen to you you still can burn out on a smaller level and everything and not to say that like in i made a video yesterday that went pretty popular because this topic is hugely popular, which is like, people often will go on their ADHD meds and because you've been ridiculed your whole life, you've been, your flaws are always pointed out and everything, how you're lazy and not productive, whatever, so then you get these meds, you're like, whoa, I can focus and get things done, is you might do like three months of work in like two weeks. And then at two weeks, which is normally like your trial period, you're like, oh, it's not working anymore. And it's, like, you might have burnt yourself out. And it not, might not mm. be clinical full burnout, but, like, you are so exhausted and you need to rest. But you're, like, no, I just need more meds to get back to that thing because, like, everyone in my life has always told me I need to, like, produce at that level. Where that level, mm. most neurotypicals cannot even produce at, And so, yeah, you were like, it's not a sustainable level to produce that. But we're, like, I need to be like that all the time. And so, we can burn ourselves out into extreme circumstances because of that and it's something that's not widely talked about and though i love the internet and i love tiktok for everyone talking about like their personal experiences and everything is like i see so many videos so often and ashley has seen these too of like i tried meds and everything but then i felt like not myself after and then they were like oh i realized i was burnt out after they got off their meds and it's like your meds might have burnt you out because of the way you went on them yeah and, and i'm the only really- reason I want to say that, but is a very popular reason.
1: Well, and I was like really nervous to try medication because of all the TikToks I'd seen about people not feeling as creative, not being themselves, like all of those things that made me really nervous. But the thing that made me feel really okay was when i was talking to my psychiatrist he was like saying like the really cool thing about adhd medication is you take it and on that day it works and then the next day they're gone and you can take them again or you cannot take them like you don't have to take them consistently for them to work you don't have to take them every day and like even like i mean we'll see how today goes because this Mm. will be day two
0: i will say that that that's that's true on the dose and what you're taking That's not true in all ADHD meds. Um, Disclaimer. (laughs) So because I've talked to Sydney about this, which is my doctor or whatever. um, She, because I talked about, I don't know why I brought this up, but I brought up medication vacations because I'd never heard of those, but they're very popular and everything. And I was just like. So, like, do you just, like, stop taking your pills for medication vacations? Whatever. She's like, if you wanted to do a medication vacation, Victoria, like, let me know and let's lower your dose um, mm. so that it's not just cold turkey and you have a better chance of, like, doing well off of them and you don't have, like, an insane regression and as uh, hard of a time coming off of them, let's lower your dose. So, it's not always True. just, like, a I get, you can take it disclaimer. and not and everything. but also That's for me, don't take it every single day and so it truly depends and it's something to talk about with your doctor i just want to say that yeah
1: totally these are all anecdotal experiences and what my doctor told me for me but no that made me feel a lot better because i don't think i want to take them every day because i don't want to be uh that level of focused or productive every single day i do not care to be um especially because like last night i was so tired when they like ended and it's probably because i worked a lot more than i usually do yesterday even as someone who knows that i shouldn't overwork myself but you know, we sent those pitches at the end of the day, and they really just burnt my brain. We were sending pitches to different hotels, and I was like, oh, this was the last spark left in this brain, and now it is gone. <laughs>
0: I'm Mind like, you, when we were doing that, there was no sparks in my brain.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I had to have all the sparks. It was a lot. <laughs> oh. No, but, but, yeah, so that made me feel better about that. And, uh, you know, you don't have to use them, which also made me feel better. And... I still feel creative we'll see how it goes
0: (laughs) and I think there's a lot of talk on like people saying they're not themselves on their meds and everything and that's not something I've ever experienced I also will say like from my experience of being on a lot of the meds um I think when I hear that statement I can relate to it a bit of there was one dose I can talk about my whole journey in a second um where i got on a little bit too high of a dose that wasn't the best situation for me and i ended up getting off it and trying another one but like i didn't feel like myself and you know like i lost my spark but like that spark that often people are talking about is like oh you know like always forgetting your keys and getting locked out and doing all of this stuff and everything And But I also think a lot of it is like burnout that we're not really addressing inside of ADHD Mm. meds or getting prescribed too high of a dose because of that burnout. Because often then it's like, okay, what might have been your sweet spot dosage? Like, you're like, oh, I need more, I need more, I need more. And so you keep going on higher and higher doses, which can end in a bad situation. And so
1: yeah that's so true um no but it's interesting what you say about losing your spark because like one of the three parts of burnout is like losing personal satisfaction and feeling like basically apathy towards life so like is that your meds or is that because you burn yourself out and like because we. Honestly, burnout, I feel like, is a relatively new conversation topic. Like, most of the time when people were talking about burnout, even two years ago during the pandemic, we were talking about teacher burnout, doctor burnout, nurse burnout. Like, it's very rare that we talk about burnout as a human. And you even have to think of, like, this is not just, like, corporate burnout like these are regular people who take ADHD medication like they don't have to be a doctor or a teacher or even someone who works like a regular nine-to-five these are like regular people who are facing burnout and it's not really talked about or addressed how to handle it or how you know being so go 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 might impact that and I just think it's weird that that is not a conversation that's had you know I don't even think whenever I was talking with the doctor like one of the symptoms was oh you might burn yourself out from overworking like that like that wasn't even a, a topic like there was all the other side effects but not that, so I just think that's so
0: weird. Cause I mean mine's never brought it up, um, but then I brought it up because yeah. I was like, Oh, I've been resting a lot more, I've been figuring out like how to make this long term. I haven't been taking because so the way I take my meds um for everyone is I take Vivance, which is like a 12-hour long acting. Do I feel 12 hours? No, but it's technically in my body for 12 hours. Um, it normally goes around 3 to 4 p.m. And I, because in college I had a class from 8 to 10 p.m., my Vyvanse was never gonna make it through when I had work at 6 a.m. And so I was like, I need something to like push me over so I can pay attention in that class because I have to take tests at 10 p.m. Like it's late and my, I don't work well at that period. So I got prescribed a short acting Adderall. So it's just like the Adderall immediate release it's very low dose but it like will get me through to like 10 p.m and so i know the sweet spot of times that i can take it and still get to bed at a decent hour and everything but something i i still am prescribed that because it's like sometimes i would do a master class late at night and i need to have it or i have a late client session or whatever um but then over the past three months i haven't been taking it as much that i was telling her about that how i like how do i make this a lifelong journey with owning a business and not like constantly burning myself out and doing this and she was like yeah because like burning out meds is so popular and so we actually had that conversation but not until i brought it up and like she's amazing i fucking love this woman to death but she didn't even bring this up and it's nothing against her but it's just well she probably wasn't thinking of it you know there's so many other things i've also been on my meds for so long and so she's not necessarily worried of like me going on them and burning myself out and working and everything um it's not a top of mind experience for her and she she just continued my medication journey she hasn't really prescribed me anything different Um, totally but i also want to know on the losing the spark thing is that also goes into like okay so you just get diagnosed with adhd maybe you go on meds pretty shortly after depending sometimes it takes a long time to get into like a medication person um, or you don't want to go with it right away is then you're like okay which goes into the term reason why i hate the term adhd is like what you thought was like your personality and your quirks was actually your undiagnosed and unmanaged adhd and then mm-hmm. it's like maybe you go on meds you go on meds and then like you're losing your spark but what you're you might be losing and you could be losing your spark and like you're burnt out and everything and you can't be in too high of a dose it can be a lot of things but it's like you think you've lost your personality but in my opinion it's like a time to find who you really want to be because it's like there's been so many things you've had to deal with with like undiagnosed ADHD and symptoms and everything that spark that you thought you had that you made your personality and everything got like not taken away but like suppressed a little bit because of meds and so it's like now you can figure that out but then a lot of people are like no I want to go back to that and everything
1: Hmm. and so
0: yeah that's so true
1: no that makes a lot of sense like the thing that I would recommend to every single person who's like recently getting diagnosed as as a fellow recently diagnosed person is something that helped me out a lot before but I know not everyone had the opportunity to do was doing so much self-development work was understanding what my authentic code is and who I am at my core essence because you know yes when I got diagnosed with ADHD it was a lot to process but for me it wasn't a lot to process about my personality it was a lot to process about my childhood and like different core beliefs brought that were limiting because of things that happened in my childhood uh, and not being diagnosed with ADHD then but I had already done so much work to understand like who am I and who did society tell me I had to be that it was a lot easier for me to like go into getting diagnosed and being like okay well I already know who I am so if it's not that then that's probably the ADHD. So like even now if you're someone who just got diagnosed or maybe you still feel like you don't know what your personality is like go learn about yourself figure out like what are your core values and what would you do if money didn't matter and what makes you excited and brings you joy and makes you feel grounded because all those things will still be true whether you have ADHD or or not or if you're on meds or not right because like Victoria's on medications she's been on medication but you still do things that authentically make you happy and bring you joy because you know what those things are
0: and like an instance I have to like talk about this is so when I was dating an ex-boyfriend um it was I started kind of dating him when I was switching meds and it was, I was on Concerta. I got up to a really high dose. I'd been on it for quite a while. And what's it called? It got to a point where I got on such high dose that like, I would just be standing there and doing nothing. And my entire shirt would be like dripping wet. I would sweat so much. So oh I had to change medications because I was like, I am going to lose my shit. Um, this is overstimulating and I want to cry and it's embarrassing how much I'm sweating stopped taking meds that day got new ones within like 24 hours and everything because I just called my doctor and I'd been whatever so he actually said once I got on Vyvanse um he was like sometimes when I wouldn't take my meds like we went to a wedding and I forgot to take my meds or like because I planned on drinking I will say like I don't advise drinking on your ADHD meds. Um, this is also one, what I was told, because I do have a heart issue, which is do not drink on them because you have a, a, a depressant and a suppressant. You have like... A stimulant and a depressant. An st- upper and a downer. and a depressant. And so that is just not good for your heart. That's not to say you can't drink at all, but it's like, okay, so Vyvanse acts in my system for 12 hours, so I need to go through the 12 hours before I should start drinking. That's just what mm-hmm. she's... She's like, I'm not for you not ever drinking alcohol. Not that, obviously, we're 98% sober. It's a very rare occurrence. But she's like, if you have a time where, like, you plan on day drinking, please do not take your meds. If you need to, like, drive somewhere or whatever, like, take a short-form acting Adderall to, like, get you there or whatever. But, like, do not drink on your meds, please, because you have a heart issue. Um, so that's important to note for everyone. But what the fuck was I talking... Oh, yeah. Uh, I w- went to this wedding and um I didn't take my meds he was driving the entire time and so like I didn't have to and he's like you know you're like a lot more fun off your meds and a lot of people have said that to me like oh my god you're so much fun off your meds to me I feel drunk when I'm off my meds mm. and it's so toxic feeling like, for people to say that <laughs> I think it's really toxic but I also think it's really interesting in a lot of ways and it's like I don't know if I feel drunk because it's like I've said a little bit earlier where it's like don't just go straight cold turkey off your meds like you might want to like go Mm. down i'm on a fairly low dose like i will say that so like there's only like one or two doses i can come down from but that's still like there's still an impact of like you not taking it in a day and so it's not that it's massive withdrawals but it's very interesting like how different i can be not on it
1: yeah that's so weird Yeah, I just remember the day we almost died driving because you didn't take your meds. So I'm like, I'm cool if you take them. I think it's way more fun that way. Although, I I should try driving a car on medication to see if I do a better job.
0: Yeah. Uh, But also,
1: maybe not. I have no desire to drive a car. You know what's so funny?
0: I forgot about this. So when I drove Sasha to go get tea and everything, I missed my turn, like, two times to, like, go and park. It was just... I hate driving in Salem, Massachusetts. Um... But she was like, you know, I'll say this: you drive sporadically, but I feel very safe. <laughs> totally. She was like, you that's do some the weird meds. things, but like I feel safe still. Like you handle the situations well. And I was like, thanks.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. I was like that's
0: like because I'm on meds, girlfriend.
1: That yeah. Now if you take away, if you subtract the medication, it is not safe feeling at all. And I understand how people have always felt in my car.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, um, and you know, I mean, I remember the day we were driving, You were like, oh, wow, you really be like me. I can see myself in you when I wasn't on my meds.
1: I was like, oh, I'm not bad at driving. I'm unmedicated. That's fascinating.
0: I still hate driving like a city, but I don't hate driving as much if I'm not inside of a city and if I'm on my meds. It's not that bad in my opinion. Well, I guess that's good. Hmm. That's something that would be cool if I had a fun car.
1: It would be way cooler if you had a fun car, although I just have no desire to ever drive, which is really unfortunate because I have no idea where I'm going to live. So also if anyone has any suggestions on walkable places that that are warm.
0: Iceland doesn't have any mosquitoes. I learned that today.
1: Well, I don't really care about mosquitoes. I I care about walkable places. But that is good,
0: I guess. Uh, Um, No, I really do want to live in a walkable place. Um, I'll also say for ADHD meds, here's some little just tips that I've learned along the way for the average user. And I think everyone should know, but not enough people know. One, um, vitamin C impacts your ADHD meds. If you need to take vitamin C and you're sick and whatever, one, I will say if you're sick, you cannot take your meds. That's fine. Um, I told my, when I I had the flu, when I last saw my doctor, I was like, She's like, you're out of meds. And I was like, actually, so, like, girlfriend, I have had the flu for, like, the past seven days. I haven't taken them at all. So I'm, like, technically not out, but, like, I should be out. But, like, I'm Mm -hmm. so sick, I haven't taken them. And she goes, good. I'm glad you're not taking them because you're allowing your body to, like, use all of its energy to work on the sickness instead of putting toward your brain. Um, whether if that's how it, like, fully works, I don't know. That's just how she said. So, like, if you're sick, you don't have to take your meds. Um... Two, like vitamin C, take it an hour after you've taken your meds. So allow them to fully metabolize before you take your meds. And that will create less of an impact on them. Um, Two, do not drink alcohol on your meds. Okay? Do not drink them when they're working. It's like don't take Adderall and drink at the same time. Not healthy. Next up. What was I going to say? Some people find this helpful is if you really struggle getting out of bed, some people will take their meds right like wake up an hour early take their meds and go back to sleep for an hour and wake up with them already working i personally mm. cannot do that i'm a person that needs to eat with my meds or i will be throwing them up constantly um so know that yeah, i'm not person you, you are. um but with that i also say if you want to still have that similar experience is get up eat some breakfast go do a few things take your meds and then take an hour-long nap i call this second sleep and then wake up and you're <laughs> going to feel like the most energized person in the world. I love that life. Today, I did third sleep because I also did that with Dayquil. Um, <laughs> my next thing, what are some things you should do know about your meds? If you have a problem with sweating. So, um, um, most this is with stimulants. I don't know if non-stimulants do this. I don't think they do. But they will always cause more sweating um like just like a little bit excess and so if it's really excess talk to your doctor about it like that's a symptom you know whatever but if it's just like a little bit it my doctor said it tends to go away within three months of you going on the meds once you're stable Hmm. on them and everything um but they can change your bacterial flora so if you feel like your sweat is smelling worse and you want to fix that she says use a citrus um body uh citrus acidic body wash and it will help the smell and the flora readjust itself and whatever. I use a passion fruit one. It's great, in my opinion. I don't know. Hmm. There you go. Oh, my um, passion fruit. Also, that ashwagandha on ADHD meds can cause overstimulation. Uh, I know it's used as like a calming, relaxing drug, but it can cause overstimulation with ADHD. Oh, my other note that I have from that session is fish oil is the supplement you should spend your money on because they oxidize very fast. She likes the brand Nordic Naturals. There you all and are. And fish my oil idea. is
1: good for your brain.
0: Yeah. Nice. Omega-3s and Omega-6s are very good for your brain. Oh, uh, so somebody asked me on my video yesterday how to cut their meds in cold turkey. Um, I would talk to your doctor and see if you don't have to do that. But obviously, like with the shortage and everything that's going on shit happens and Mm. so i would say definitely get some protein in your diet consistently um and have like easy access to it i would say definitely like really be gentle with yourself during that time i know it's going to be really hard there might be like a withdrawal period that can go on for like two weeks or whatever um and if you need something to, like, kickstart and get things going a little bit, a good supplement to have is L-tyrosine. It acts like a short-acting Adderall, but it's, like, one to two hours instead of three to four. And that can get a lot of things done in that period if you, like, need to have that. Um, but it's not something to be taken daily. It's more like every other, every three days um, because it is an intense supplement. Hmm. That's my knowledge. And
1: I'm sure if you're looking for, like, holistic solutions, there's a lot of resources on the internet. You just have to, like, do your research to figure out how they all act and what you need and all those kind of things.
0: Yeah. Definitely. There And there's a lot of different ways. Um, I'm all here for anything because yesterday, or not yesterday, but last week Ashley and I went to this uh, yoga thing, which I'm going to talk about a little bit in another uh, solo episode Because y'all heard the first solo episode On Tuesday Tuesday, And uh, Somebody was asking me about like If I help people with getting Meds or if I help people get them Off meds or whatever And I'm out here For a judgment zone If you need the meds take the meds If you don't want the meds don't take the meds And you know it's whatever you want And whatever is the best for you I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. I'm on them. I love them, and they make a big difference in my life. And that's that. And like Ashley said, kind of at the beginning, is like you know you get to decide who you want to tell you like you're taking meds with or whatever. Because if there are people in your life that do not agree with it, Ashley's already experienced some of this stuff. Is know that like this is still your decision.
1: Heck yeah, and you get you don't have to tell anyone. Well, you can tell who you want to. You don't have to tell anybody you don't want to. Right. And you get to do whatever you want and you don't have to take them all the time or you can take them all the time or you can not take them. You can do whatever you want and live your best life judgment free. Whatever helps Mm -hmm. you be the best human. And, uh, and you can try them and get off of them. You know, I like the more I hear myself say this, the more I agree with myself is life is a big experiment. We are all little tiny science experiments And there's nothing wrong with doing a little science experiment with ADHD meds. That's what I feel like I'm doing now. I'm like, okay, we're going to do a little science experiment. We're going to see if I like it. And then from there, we can adjust what we like or don't like based on the information we gather in the preliminary testing.
0: And, you know, I think, like, that is such a good way to go about it because it's like, um, you know, I was on Concerta for a, a lot of my years in life. Like, I was on that for 10 years and i thought nothing could be better now that i'm on vivance and i had to do a few things to get on vivance i will say if you're having a hard time i was on blue cross blue shield when i was originally prescribed it but you had to try and fail three different ones um to and have your doctor basically write it up in a certain way to get your prescriber to or your insurance to basically cover that's what i had to do and that's really common in blue cross uh they just don't want to cover obviously the New generic one is coming out hopefully around August, is the projected time right now. Um, the generic Vivance, but I thought Concerta was the best, and now I'm like, hmm, man, my life is so much better on Vivance. And so, not to say that like when you're on is not good enough, but you know, always view it as an experiment, and things can always get better. Oftentimes, we're like. I hear this so much of like oh my therapist is great and then she went on maternity leave and I had to get another one and now this one is like so much better you know it's like even though what you have might be great there can be something better and so it don't stay just because it's easy but Mm -hmm. that's not to say that like your meds are wrong either you know but just like take that as a general statement in life please okay.
1: Don't stay because it's easy. Take that for every aspect of your life. Jeez Louise. Never stay because it's easy, my dudes.
0: I think it's a good good thing to leave off on.
1: Heck yeah, man. I like your job, your meds, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your any partner you have or partners, don't stay because it's easy.
0: You know, it's my like lesson. you might think like, okay, you know, it's not horrible, but it's like it doesn't have to be Horrible for you not to be happy. Hashtag never settle.
1: Hashtag never settle. Never, never, never settle. Keep, Keep going for perfection. Not perfection, but like your dream life what do you if this it's almost like with meds too like I think we've talked about this before somewhere I don't know where but um like what do you want it to do for you you know like what if like this medication could do something for you like what do you wish was different and then like as you're taking it and you're exploring your little experiment like is it working in the terms of like what you wanted to be different is different for me not being sad in the morning is pretty cool that, that's a good difference for me. I like that. But like, you know, maybe there's something that's not 100% to my dream level and, and then you can always talk to your doctor to be like, hey, does something exist that doesn't cause this or that can do more of this type of thing
0: and, and just always ask for what you need. You know, it's like you could try another one and you can be like, actually, I did like the other one better and come back. Like, that's completely okay. But you yeah. would never known that if you didn't try. Totally. And you know, like, so uh, that we can clip this part out, but um, what's it called? You know how a few weeks ago I sent you a thing and it was like, oh, ma- uh, a manifestors thing will like they'll create like a a love course that they'll sell or whatever, yeah. and you're like, no, that's gonna be your thing, like you're gonna do that. I, I was I got back into lo- unblocked love or whatever, and I'm like, mm, this could be better,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, no. Girl, you're going to have a love course. It's not going to be me because I just fell in love on accident, you know? I didn't mean to.
0: But I will say, like, there's a lot online. Obviously, you're not on the side of the online world, unlike me, because you're married. But, like, a lot of single people hate their married friends um, because I... Okay, a lot of single people hate their married friends because it's, like, once they're married, it's, like, they lose their friend, and, like, their accomplishments are good enough, and they get the worst dating advice, um, mm-hmm. and they just don't care anything, and I was, like, you know, like, I've kind of felt that and, like, saw, like, some of my friends who got married, but not all of them, because, like, a lot of my friends are married, honestly, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, like, with Ashley and Adrian, I don't feel that, like, at all, like, they yeah. don't give a shit, like, I can say and do whatever the fuck they want, and... They don't care, and they don't diminish anything in my life because I'm not married. And I mean, it's like they are not even looking to have, like, kids either, so it's like... Yeah. But it's also... I don't know. I think it's a very interesting conversation online.
1: Huh. That is so interesting. That, like, married
0: people are very unsupportive.
1: Yeah, because they're like, oh... It's almost like married people have shame around being married where they're like oh you're not married like then you're doing something wrong because I had to get married so why aren't you married and now I have to have kids so why don't you have kids but you're right me and Adrian are not like that because sometimes I feel like me and Adrian are just like best friends and sometimes I don't think you're married yeah like that's and I even tell him that like I'm like I think like when we're around people like And we're in group settings because we were best friends in a friend group who started dating. We were not very, like, public with our affection, so it would make everyone feel comfortable. And so, like, when—especially because, like, you know, it's, like, the three of us that hang out a lot of the times. Like, we never want anyone to feel excluded or, like, grossed out that we're, like, on top of each other. So, like, we don't do that.
0: And it's also, like, um, I mean, a lot of married couples, I'd be in the car and they're just, like, fighting—
1: yeah, like and we don't do that. Fighting.
0: And I'm like, um, I have never heard them fight. No. And I've, I mean, I've been with y'all a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, sometimes people don't believe me when I say we don't fight. And I'm like, being honest, like, you're like, really you don't fight, like, we bicker. You have or small,
0: like... like, bicker or whatever, and it's like, you might, but even if you have, like, a big fight, it's not even, like, a big fight, it's solved in, like, two hours.
1: yeah. It's like, I'm annoyed, and then we talk about it, and then we're we're cool. Yeah.
0: And so, I don't know. I think that it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I just thought about that today. Anyways. Just to yeah, you know we're on.
1: definitely not your usual married couple, but we'll definitely last longer than most married couples.
0: Actually, it was so funny. We
1: were in the shower yesterday, and I was like, um, you know that TikTok song that's uh, popular right now that, like... That's talking about breaking up and how she won't be sad. Of course, now I can't remember how it goes. Have you no. heard it? Oh, there's this one where she's basically like, If we break up, I won't even be sad. I'll just think about all the times we had.
0: Was- oh, yeah, yeah. If we like break up, up
1: I won't be I'll never sad, be sad. I wonder the times we had. Yeah. Anyways, so we were in the shower and I was thinking that. And <laughs> I was like, Adrian, what would you do if we broke up? And he's like, Why did we break up? And I'm like, I don't know why we would break up, but what would you do if we broke up? He goes, no, I need to know why we broke up because that will inform what I do if we broke up. And I was like, he's like, because, and then he went to like, we have our, we have like a whiteboard on the shower. Not really, but when it fogs up, he, we demonstrate to each other. He's like, okay, you have this person, that's you. Now, if you have lovers, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill all your lovers and then I'll kill you. And then I was like, well, what if it's your lover? He's like, that would never happen. I'm like, he's like, that would never happen. It would be you. And I'm like, no, you broke up with me. He's like, that would never happen. So it would be you. And I would kill everyone. I'm like, you would kill me? Would you kill yourself after you kill me? I'm like, why are you killing me? He's like, because if I can't love you, nobody can love you. And I'm like, but you're going to be happy that you killed the love of your life? You're going to stay living? He goes, I haven't thought that far. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? Because I wasn't like mad enough about that. he's like, and? I would kill Max and I was like, Max, why are you <laughs> Max into this? I'm
0: like, don't do that. <laughs> Mind you, anyway. Adrian's whole thing is like, by the way, everybody, I'm dying first. I'm claiming the first death. I know he's
1: like, I'm gonna die young because I can't live without you. And then he's like, Yeah, well if we ever broke up, I'd kill you. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god. And if I ever get murdered, this will be his uh, premeditation. Uh, this podcast will serve as evidence. Thank you, everybody. But apparently we're never breaking up. But then after he said all that, I was just like, if we ever broke up, I'd never be sad. Really
0: <laughs> I mean, I talked about you guys in the solo episode. I don't, I don't know why. I brought him up for something, though. Oh, because it's like if, if you guys if, like because we were talking about kind of surrendering to the business and everything and it's like. You surrendering to Adrian, um, not to Adrian, sorry, that sounded really bad, but (laughs) in the sense that... Like, that he takes um, care of me? Like, you know, like, if you break up tomorrow, it's whatever, like, you're fine.
1: Yeah, I would be sad, sad, but, like, I could live.
0: It's whatever. And so, like, we had to do that in our business, and so that's how I brought it up and everything, but, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would be really sad if we broke up since, you know, we're married, and that's, like... Oh, divorce sounds like a lot, but I don't don't change your name yet. (laughs) No, I don't want to get divorced. I like him. I literally don't want to be with another human. I could not. I could not, you know,
0: but you know, maybe if, if some of you have married friends, um, and they're terrible to you, let this be an expander that not everyone. Cool married friends exist. Cool married Uh, friends exist. And it kind of goes on to the extent of like you know people only celebrate um, married people or couples people because you know it's like okay marriage you give them gifts okay they have a baby you give them gifts but like nobody's giving gifts to single people and whatever and it like kind of comes from that which is like true and it's like I truly and it's like you know nobody um, celebrates you if you pay off your student debt or if like you buy a home by yourself like nobody cares as much as like if you're married and Mm -hmm. so it kind of goes into that which is really true and everything um
1: but i mean hey it was 60 years ago that women were not allowed to have their own bank accounts so (laughs) you know
0: yeah really come a long way in 60 years
1: yeah look at us with our own bank accounts that's so cool many (laughs) many bank accounts we have more than Ah, suck it, Adrian! No, you know I don't money. think he listens to the podcast, but if he did, he would just hear us tell him to suck it. <laughs> Hello, and this is probably why Victoria doesn't feel like me and Adrian are married because I troll yeah. him. No, but you can have a lover who's your best friend, and you no, don't like
0: have I've, to... I mean, I've had a lot of married friends who just constantly complain about their husband to me, and I'm like, okay. And the point.
1: Dude, I know. And some people I'm are so weird. Sometimes, Well, and some people are like, when you get married, everything's going to change. And I'm like, what's going to change? We've been living together for years now. Like, literally, what's different? The only thing different is I have, like, a cute little ring on my finger. Like, that's pretty much it. And I could change my last name sometime if I wanted to. But it's, like, a lot of work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of work. It's a lot.
1: And And money. Just the whole thought process of having to get a new passport, like maybe when that's ready to expire, (laughs) I'll
0: change my name. Yeah, I gotta do that this year. Yikes.
1: Anyways, well this was a super fun episode that ended up with a really weird ending. Um, Right now we're going to swoop you on over into an episode with one of my clients who is a money and debt coach and she's going to share her own experience with burnout and how she designed a business and a life that is burnout free with her ADHD. So head on, head on over and listen to that. We'll figure out that intro one day, but here you go. (laughs) Hello everyone, it's Ashley here and I have one of my clients, Larissa, who is a money and debt coach. And I'm super excited to talk with you today about all the things that you've achieved in your business. I was looking at when you first reached out to me about your business and it was back in July in 2022. So it's been about six months now. So I'm excited to hear about like everything that's happened for you in this past six months and things like that. Um, Do you wanna tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah. So I started off as a financial advisor and then I actually came to you as I was really making the decision to move more into the coaching space. Um, I found you through Instagram and I knew that Instagram TikTok was kind of more where I needed to be for that. So I was looking at first off getting the confidence to be there in the first place and then just to get some help on where I should go from there. And, you know, so that's why I'm working with you. Totally. Well, what were things like
1: for you if you could like think about July last year? Like what was going through your head? How were you feeling? What was the world looking like for you?
2: So I had spent the last eight months on LinkedIn burning myself out real hard because LinkedIn, you have to be on at the right time, you have to do everything correctly and Mm. it's more of an involved process to be active on there, like you have to be actively engaging or it doesn't matter, you you may as well not be there. Mm. So I was extremely burnt out, I had been talking to people, I mean I got a lot of interest I guess from LinkedIn, but it was a lot more I want you to fix my problem for me than let's work together to fix my problems. So I wasn't getting aligned clients and I had been working with people, but it just wasn't really the right fit. So I was ready for a big change.
1: Yeah. Well, and thank you for sharing that. Cause I know I've even been talking to people recently who are in that place where they're burning themselves out with different methods inside of their business. And they're like, no, I have to do it this way. This is the way it has to be done, which it sounds like that was kind of the thing with LinkedIn. Like you had to be on the grind or it wouldn't work. I have talked to people recently who are doing like different cold calling methods and they're like, that's just how it is. So like, what was a signal or like that permission slip for you that you were allowed to do things differently or that there had to be a better way? Like what sparked that for you? you?
2: I mean, I was feeling it for a long time and I just, I think I had a conversation with my financial advising firm where they were not open to me doing my own thing. And that was Mm. when I really decided like, okay, so then I need to work on my own because, Really, it's not like they gave me stable paychecks and it's not like mm-hmm. financial advising. It, it's still your own thing. So I thought it'd be like my own business. And it came to light pretty quickly that it really wasn't. They wanted me to be doing what they wanted me to be doing. They wanted me to be, you know, advising their programs and their things. And so that's when I was like, I need to go off on my own. I need to find something that works better. And I was just, cause LinkedIn, they had me doing cold DMing, which <laughs> We'll never do again. But they yeah. have been doing cold DMing and getting on these fifteen minute calls with just random people who were then trying to sell me at the same time as I was trying to sell them and it oh was my too gosh. Much. Yeah.
1: Well, I just want to say that's so inspiring that, you know, you notice like, oh, if I stay in this situation, like I'm going to continue doing all these things that I hate doing, I'm going to keep burning myself out. And like you were courageous enough to like decide like, okay, I'm going to do something different. And I don't know what that's going to look like. And you just kind of went after it. So then what do things kind of look like now? What do you think has shifted for you in the past six months?
2: So I'm able to batch create my content, right? And I do 100% content marketing. I am not doing any cold DMs. People reach out to me. People come to me already ready to talk to me. They get on these 15-minute calls and they're like excited to be talking to me. And Mm. it's always a good fit. It's always someone who actually I could work with and I could really help. So the vibes are very different. And I can schedule it out better so that I'm not having to spend a ton of time every single day on social media and I can actually have it work with my energy levels.
1: That's so cool. And I know we have a lot of people in our audience who are also neurodivergent or have ADHD. How do you think like you've built your business to support your brain and those energy levels?
2: Honestly, I just don't schedule much like I have my things I need to get done throughout the week and when I am feeling up for it I will get them done so like if I'm up for getting ready and filming that day then that's when that will get done if I'm not then I'm more gentle on myself and more like you know it doesn't need to happen plus if you make content when you're not up for it then it's not good content so it's so kind of a (laughs) waste
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I had to learn that a lot because, I mean, I'm all for batching content and getting it done, but I've also operated in the world where it's like, okay, what if we had more freedom than just batching content and we went with the flow a little bit more, which was super hard for me because I'm not a go with the flow kind of gal. I'm very much a type A have it planned gal, but if you're trying to honor your energy levels, it's hard to like force yourself to do things and I think that's cool that you've been able to build a schedule that works for you, even if that's schedule means not necessarily like a fixed planned every single day looks the same. Um, My co-host Victoria who also is on this podcast and I talk a lot about how like we love when every day looks different and the more every day looks different for me the more excited I am so I think that's really cool that you've been able to create that as well.
2: Yeah and it's definitely like working with what time of the day I actually feel. Because sometimes in the morning I'm like ready to go and then other times it's not till like 2 o'clock that I'm ready to go. So just working with whenever that time is.
1: That's so cool. And you know, I love that you say that because I, even myself, can feel some shame when I do stuff like that, where it's like in the morning, if I have no energy, it's so easy to get into the place where like, oh, get it together, you're so lazy, like you're wasting the day. Something I do to help me whenever I get into that mood is like, hey, I live on the East Coast, so I have a little bit of uh, leeway with this, but I'm like, okay, well, it's not 9 a.m. till California and California until 12. (laughs) So even if I don't start my day till 12, I'm right on track with the West Coast people. Is there anything that you like say to yourself to help you like, stay okay with those different boundaries and tools you've created for yourself.
2: I just I think back to when I was on LinkedIn because I had to be on there at 9 a.m. or before 9 a.m. every single day so that I could make my post, I could engage it, I could do all my stuff. It was a whole process, right? And I was so tired all the time. Like that would get mm. done and sometimes almost nothing else would get done and that's just inefficient. So I just remind myself like, hey, if you need a slow morning so that you can actually do some good efficient work later, that's more important than telling yourself that you need to work now.
1: That's so freaking cool. Yeah, and I think like it's like trial and error, right? Like sometimes you're going to rest and it's going to have been too much and you're going to be like, whoops, I guess I didn't need to hang out all morning. But um, something I think of is like life is a big science experiment and if you mess it up one day, you can always try again the next and get it right, you know? Right. Totally. So what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned over the past six months that other business owners should know?
2: I think just that burning myself out isn't going to get me anywhere. I mean, I did it, right? And it got me kind of a whole lot of nowhere. So knowing that working more doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get anywhere faster. It actually usually means I get held back because then I'm just tired. Then I get on these calls and I'm not me, right? I'm not the person Mm -hmm. that they expect to talk to. So I think just the biggest one is making sure that you're building your business in a way that you enjoy and is also sustainable for you. Because otherwise, I mean, I would have quit the business by now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I love that part where you say like, Sustainable for you because sustainable for you might not be sustainable for someone else. I think it's, it was you, right? On one of our made for everything calls where you're like, you love working with people one on one, right? That's one of the things that you really enjoy. Totally. And like, there's so much business advice out there that's like, okay, well, if you're a coach, you got to switch to group coaching because that's how you're going to scale the fastest and that's how you're going to make the most money. But just because that can be true doesn't mean that's the path for you. And I think what's really cool is you continue to take on one on one clients because that's something that you enjoy and that's something that makes you happy and excited and you still have accessible options like your course for people who need help with money and debt things like that but you know I, I think it's really important as a business owner to one like you said don't burn yourself out but also like focus on what makes you happy and what what brings you joy
2: right because I mean I can like get myself amped up for a one-on-one call anytime honestly like if- that's so cool if, we're t- if it's time for one-on-one, even if I'm tired, like, I will be amped up and I will be ready for it. So it's a very different energy for me rather than, like, oh, let's just try and sell you on my course or, like, whatever. Like, I just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, like, that's how even I even feel about, like, this podcast that that Victoria and I have created, like, anytime I have something for the podcast on my calendar, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun, this is going to be so easy, this is going to be the best time ever, and, like, your life can feel that way and get to feel that way, and everyone listening should, like, look at Larissa as an inspiration, like, you can go from a place where you're dreading being up at 9am to have to be on LinkedIn all day to a place where you're like, I am so excited for the calls on my calendar because you've intentionally put them there to excite you and drive you and be where they need to be to balance your own life you know right yep that's so cool um what, what's the other okay here's another question I have for you uh what are you most proud of about yourself uh, over the past six months
2: I think just the way I've grown my confidence and the way that I am able to show up in front of people and be open to know the hate that comes with that and really allow it to actually not really bother me anymore because you can usually tell that they're either talking off of something that they don't actually know anything about right they're saying something about me when they don't know anything about me or Mm -hmm. they just want to be angry and i often find that like i'll look at their page and i'll be like oh we were not aligned anyways so like you can go (laughs)
1: Yeah. You're like, I actually didn't even want you here. Well, I love that you brought that up because I remember like you were so, you were getting so much hate online because I mean, she's in a very male dominated space coming out with her opinions about finances and debt. And, and I love your no budget budgeting. She does not use budgets, which I think is so great for people who are listening to this podcast and are neurodivergent, maybe not as like or I don't want to say organized because we can be very organized, but maybe budgets are not your jam. Definitely follow Larissa for that. But what do you think helped you overcome your fear of showing up online and made you feel more confident?
2: I think it just kind of happened as I started to grow. I have noticed that when I was smaller, I think people felt more empowered to hate on me. And I've Mm. noticed that when the hate comes, usually it's like the first comment on those videos that get posted. So I think that when people think that you're a small account and like you don't have very many followers anyways, they feel very empowered to hate on you. Whereas when videos start to get bigger, I start to see less and less hate and I'm only seeing good comments.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. So it's almost like if someone's listening to this and they are newer online and trying to take up space, they almost have to, you know, everybody always says this, but it's so true, like embody who you'll be when you have the thousands of views. Because if you just approach it with that mindset, you'll know like, Just give it a couple more views and those bad comments will be so outweighed by the good comments and the people supporting you and saying you're so helpful and agreeing with you and stuff like that.
2: Right. And I had my comments off on TikTok for a while, which I remember we were in a call one time and I still remember the look on your face like, no, that's not how you do it. And I was like, this is what I need to do though. (laughs) Like for right now, the comments needed to be off and that helped me because I still got followers, right? And I still got some engagement, so that helped me like get out there without the fear of someone being able to comment something bad and then I turned those comments back on and it was so much less than it was before.
1: Yeah, and you know, like, whatever you have to do to protect your mental health and your space and your mindset, because, you know, it could be true that maybe if you kept the comments on, you got so many bad comments that you discouraged yourself, and it's easier to protect yourself however you can to get to where you need to be, because obviously the path that you took ended up working out fine, because now your videos are going viral and the feedback is so positive, and the followers keep growing, so it all ended up working out just fine.
2: It did, yep. That's
1: so cool. Oh my gosh. Um, well, what other advice do you have people um, for people about becoming a viral sensation, being seen, and feeling confident?
2: I think the biggest thing that I heard when I was doing this was people say, because it's all about your nervous system, right? You get really nervous at first. Like I got shaky when things would start yeah. to go viral. That very first viral, I was literally shaking because I was like, oh my God, this is so many people. I don't know how to handle this. But your nervous system really does grow with you and as you get further and further along this, you start to just kind of be at peace with it and to the point where like I can see something's going viral and check out of TikTok and be able to go back to my normal life, which I couldn't do originally. I would just sit there and watch it. (laughs)
1: that's so cool yeah you're so right and everyone talks about like nervous system regulation and even like with money right they're like you can only hold as much money as your nervous system can handle and it's kind of feels like the same with views right you can only hold as many views as your nervous system can handle and some people like even me I'm like what does that even mean but I think the way you describe it makes a lot of sense it's like you feel anxious or shaky or nervous when something starts to take off you get more views you see your uh products launching online and they sell out and you're like what's going on but you've gotten to a place where like you match that and so now that you match it you're gonna have your whole life outside of your business and know that you're gonna be an online sensation and views gonna come and you can actually be a real human which I think is so cool to think about like you used to be burning yourself out on LinkedIn now you're at a place where like you post on TikTok you're like that'll happen it'll be what it'll be I will sign clients from it and now I'm gonna go vibe and do whatever I do for fun
2: yeah So, and on LinkedIn, I mean, I was putting in way too much energy and I was only doing that because I was so afraid to show up on video. I don't know why I was so afraid of video, but like I just was, I felt like if I was talking, then people would just think I wasn't smart enough because sometimes, right? I trip up. I have ADHD, right? My words don't always make perfect sense when I say them. Yeah,
1: totally. No. And that's like a very common thing. Um, What was it just practice that helped you get more confident on video or what was the thing that shifted that?
2: Yeah, so practice and just forcing myself in the beginning. I was like, I'm going to post three TikToks a day. I don't care what they look like. It doesn't matter because they were getting like 150 views, right? So for the most part, I was like, it doesn't matter. I joined a TikTok group and I started working with some more confidence coaches as well as working in your program. And I think just as I started to gain more knowledge and started to see more people who were doing it and who had gone through it. I started to realize that like this will pass and I was getting, Mm -hmm. you know, good feedback. I was getting people reaching out to me about my offers and really interested in what I was doing. And that's when I started to be like, okay, so what I'm saying does make sense and it does make people want my help. So I need to keep saying it because I am helping people.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really cool in the way that you did it is one, you found people who had gone through this experience and you're like, okay, it's very common for people to go through like this slow growth and be nervous and then get really comfortable with it. So you almost like saw to believe that you would get through this. But also I think what's really cool that you did is like, you weren't like, oh, why am I not getting a thousand views? Why am I not getting thousands of followers? You're like, oh, I made an impact on one person. They commented, they said they believe what I said was right and it was helpful. Oh, sick. Let me pull more of that energy into what I do. And I think you like, People say keep your eye on the prize, and it's easy to think that the prize is like that very last follower that you get when you hit a million or whatever, but your prize was like you're impacting people along the way, and I think that's so cool.
2: Yeah, definitely focusing on those littler victories, because if I was like, I'm not going to be happy till I get to a million, I mean, I'd probably never get there, right? (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. You, or you'd be very, very miserable along the way. Right. So that's so cool. Um, well, I guess the last question I have for you is what do you think people should know about creating a life or a business that does not burn them out?
2: Find what you really like. I did find that I learned what I liked as I was going along. So I started in a very different place than I ended. But understanding what you do like realizing that you need to stop things when you don't like them and when you do start to feel burnt out I think is really important and being sure that you're checking in with yourself and you care about your own mental health more than you care about the money or whatever you're trying to create in your business because you mm-hmm. if you if you have all the money but you don't have the mental health then I mean your life sucks <laughs>
1: Your life sucks. Yeah, take it from me. I built the business and then forgot about the mental health piece for a while there and it was not a good time. And I think that's a really nice message because it's true. If you keep following what excites you, you'll always be on the right path and it's easier to not burn yourself out because you you know that this thing is going to be around forever and it's not like... It's like you enjoy the journey more when you enjoy what you're doing. I feel like maybe when you were working uh, as a financial advisor and doing LinkedIn, it was like, yes, there was quotas that they wanted you to meet and be on LinkedIn at certain times, but there's like this end goal of appeasing these people to get this thing. But now it's like, and especially in my own business too, I feel this way. I'm like, I enjoy the journey because I enjoy what I'm doing every day. So I don't need to burn myself out to make the money because I'm happy where I'm at. So that's such good advice, especially because what makes you happy can change. I mean, you started out in a financial advisor you probably thought that was going to make you the happy it is now you're doing one-on-one money and debt coaching which is so cool and maybe that makes you happy right now but maybe you know three years from now it's completely different and whatever it is that's okay but I think that is so true
2: yeah and I found it has a lot to do with the demographic that you work with financial advising is very much a 45 and over demographic right and Mm. they're difficult to work with at best (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. And do you, I wonder, okay, um, I could keep talking forever, but do you think it's like a age thing? Like, do you think like their generation just has it like so ingrained in them that they need to grind, grind, hustle, grind that that's just how it's going to be?
2: There's that and the fact that I am younger, so they often doubted me and doubted what Mm -hmm. I had to say. So that hit my self-esteem, too, because I was like, I mean, I took all these government tests, so I feel Feel like like I I know something. Yeah.
1: I feel like, I have just as much information as you, and I'm doing it better. Well, I'm sure you're much, much happier than they are now anyway, so it works out for you. (laughs) Well, that's so cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of this, Larissa. I could keep talking to you, but I would be um, yelled at if I made this go any longer. (laughs) So tell us, like, how can people work with you as a money and debt coach, and where can they find you?
2: So you can find me on instagram or tiktok at worried to wealthy and i have a debt management program as well as a 90-day program and i'm working on launching just like a little pdf file to help you understand the emotions that may be causing you to overspend and the emotions that are causing you to consistently be in debt so that you can start to work on that and i work a lot on that psychology side of money so we're working on your mindset your habits so that you can have long-lasting change
1: yeah, Larissa's stuff is really cool. As someone who's like worked with her and seen the behind the scenes of her business, I love how you approach money because it is so much like, oh, you're spending because you're feeling this way or you're overspending because you had this thought that triggered this thing. Let's look at this behavior pattern. And I think like everything going on in our mind is the root of everything that happens to us externally. So, I think that is so cool. I definitely would not recommend any other money or debt coach other than you. So, thank you so much for joining us. And And everybody go follow Larissa. And thank you for being here again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yay. we hope you loved today's episode on ADHD, medication, burnout, and apparently a little slice of marriage and having married friends who don't suck. We hope you liked our little chat with Larissa, the money and debt coach. Make sure you go connect with her, connect with us on all the places that you can find the Living Adventures Co. Instagram, TikTok, all of those things. Um, and check out, maybe there'll be a link for you to do some shopping. We have some really cool products and services coming out soon. so. So stay tuned in the show notes for more information on how you can, I don't know, connect with us and meet us in person and really fun things like that. Anything else, Victoria?
0: No, that's it for now.
1: Whoop, whoop. All right. We'll see you on the next one. And I'll, I'll see you next Tuesday for my first solo episode. Yeah.
0: Woo-hoo. All right. Yay. Bye, everyone. Bye.